I'm Maddie. And I'm Jubilee. <laughs> welcome to the show, Jubilee. I'm so glad to have you on as a guest. Oh, the you're Mutant welcome, Ages. dude. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was kind of hoping to have Ryan on the show this week because what I really want to do is a listener feedback episode, but it's cool to have you here. I well, mean... this, this is going to be totally radical, but rips <laughs> off costume. It's Ryan and Jubilee cosplay. What? I didn't recognize you at all. Oh my God. This is so embarrassing. It's like yeah, sorry. I, I tricked you. Although wow. I do have to say that Jubilee is probably the X-Men that is the closest to me because she's a punk, grungy gamer nerd who hangs out at arcades and had a vampire phase. And yeah. then so like, that's you. became that's you a single a mom to a dragon baby. And even though I don't, I'm not ever going to be a human parent, I definitely have my dog who is... Is a dragon baby? Well, he's, she's a wolf. <laughs> so close enough. But you yeah, know. same diff, same diff. Anyway, this is the Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every adaptation of the X Men. But this week, we're just going to hear from listeners for a little bit. We're going to yep. answer some questions. We're we going to shoot the shit and hang out. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X Men. This is one of our easier episodes because it doesn't require us to watch an episode beforehand. So <laughs> so true. It requires work on Ryan's part because Ryan has to put together all the emails, all the all the tweets, all oh, the yeah. Discord also, excerpts. I, I would tell you were gonna say it's a work for Ryan because it requires him to read slowly, which I'm not so good at doing sometimes. <laughs> and yet I still make you do it every time. I'm like, time I don't for mind Ryan doing it. Read. I, I kind of hope that the more that I do this, the easier it gets for me. It's like whenever we have sat down to do a like a script read of something. Thing. I'm even mm-hmm. through that I'm flying through it and everyone's like Ryan slow down and I'm like <laughs> I'm just so excited to get these words into like the air <laughs> yeah I can't wait okay so what are we going to read today should we start with an email yes all right so first we're, we have an email here from Amber who writes hi Ryan hi Maddie I've been binging the podcast and been rewatching X-Men the animated series non-stop Yay. for like two weeks now I'm up to the Dark <laughs> Phoenix stuff but wow. <laughs> something I remembered out about the episodes out of the past part one and two, the Yuriko and Reavers episodes. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard you both talking on the podcast about how weirdly disjointed those episodes were and wondering why they were the series premieres and also if they were scary or not for kids. I actually have a really distinct memory of this despite being very young. There were commercials Mm -hmm. hyping up these episodes of the X-Men, and the big things was that they were airing on Friday nights at 8 p.m., so they were kind of a special event. For for me, at least, watching them later at night with the new animation style of season three made them really scary. This memory is really vivid for me, but I can't (laughs) find any confirmation for it. All I can see is that both episodes aired on Fridays, so that sort of supports my memory. 
Mm-hmm. I think you're right about that. I'm I'm not yeah, surprised not? about that kind let's of stuff. Let's just say that you're right, Amber, and that your memory is accurate. But also, like, where is. could you go back and find that? You know, I we're know, watching you this. Know, it's, sh- it's so hard for us to find old information about what when did these episodes air? Why were they aired in order? Like, there's so little information about that during this time because the internet didn't really exist in the way that it does now when this show is airing. Sometimes you can go on YouTube and you can find commercials for a yes. special event like this and yeah. i will pull this up maybe we can do an episode on that at some point yeah That'd if we can fun. find them that would definitely be fun to do that but... is research on my part yeah anyway i'm going to keep on reading anyway i thought that might explain a little why those episodes are the way they are they mm. were a special event sort of thing and didn't air during the show's regular time slot as far as i can remember and that yes for a six or seven year old me it was terrifying <laughs> I have some other stuff I wanted to send about like mystique and gender identity, her queerness and war and apocalypse being used as metaphors for coping with and recovering from trauma, but Mm. debating if I should send you emails about stuff you guys discussed two years ago or not. Anyway, I'm going to go listen to another episode. Really like this show. P.S. This is my first podcast because I have real bad ADHD and can't focus on them usually. Thank you, your fan Amber. Okay, well, don't worry. So do we. So do we, which (laughs) may explain why you can focus on this podcast or possibly explain why this podcast is the way that it is, which is to say... Disjointed. uh, Disjointed? Disorganized? A million segments? This is probably... Okay, sure, but this is probably the most organized we have well, that's not true. I was going to say the most organized we have been for a show, I but feel that like is absolutely not true. both of us overcompensate for having ADHD by being obsessively organized and overscheduled, and like that's how we've coped with it throughout our lives. Oh, yeah. My and calendar so, has become an OCD nightmare. Well, you you have ADHD and OCD, so I don't. So, Amber, I, I doubt that you will even be listening to this episode for weeks and weeks because you're probably not skipping ahead and listening to Reader Bales. Like, why would you? Why would, why would Amber you is that? cruising through these episodes. Yeah, maybe maybe by next week Amber will have caught all the way up to this so then you will know that we will okay. answer well, any Amber question also sent anytime this on, any anytime we will answer a question they sent it in on July 14th so okay. it, like directly after our last reader okay. mail you know we haven't done a reader mail in a long fucking time is really what this is telling me so uh, that's cool I like how I just sift my water like it was tea being like yup yeah. but it's not like anybody's fault we did a bunch of stuff in between then, yeah we so. did so anyway I, I would happily get listener mails and this applies to anybody listening to this right now i would get listener mails about something we've already talked about it doesn't matter to me i i, I would enjoy it. that i welcome actually. it don't yeah. worry about that if you want to send us an email about mystique and gender identity or trauma or whatever else you want to write about send it on in don't even worry about whether we're going to talk about it or not just send it in we love that <laughs> because shit. now we're going to talk about it right now, now so, we're going to talk about it so mystique let's talk about mystique Let's. Uh, gender identity. So Mystique, this is interesting because we just, we just did, did a, a spotlight on destiny. Yeah, and I just edited that episode today and I've been thinking about it right. a lot since I edited it because I'm like, I don't know how I feel about it anymore because we were talking on that episode about like bisexual characters and in Mystique's case, she's also this gender fluid character and how like in the time period that she was created, that was something that was very rarely seen. And at the at, when we recorded the episode, I was kind of like, well, that's the representation that was available at the time. And so, you know, I was sort of willing to go with it then. Right. But thinking on it now, I'm kind of like, 
I'm less satisfied with that because I'm like, this is this character who's depicted as this gender fluid character, but she's often tricking people, which is like a stereotype about like trans people and gender fluid people is that like, oh, there's some sort of trickery going on here, which is a very negative and harmful stereotype. And so in that sense, I'm like, well, it's kind of too bad that Mystique is associated with these things. And then that made me really sad to think about, but I, I don't, I don't really have a conclusion, I guess. I mean, like I get that that's, and, and Mr. Sinister is sort of a similar situation where, like, he's this villainous character. He's crafty. He's always tricking people. But, like... I agree with that. But I think when it comes down to thinking about Mystique or Mr. Sinister is that they definitely... They're queer-coded characters. But I I don't know how Mr. Sinister works or Miss Sinister. Right. But we, from what we read in that Destiny story mm-hmm. or her, her background was that Mystique was originally going to be the father of Nightcrawler with Destiny right, right, as the mother, right, yeah. which means that Mystique, she can both Was conceive. able to create semen and also yeah. eggs, which is like a pretty cool superpower if you could do that in real life, by right. the way. But like if she, that's just like if she can change her internal organs as well. I guess this comes back to whether or not Mystique can turn into a jet. Of course but, she can. We already have established but, this. If, she, if Mystique can create fallopian tubes, she can turn into a jet, okay? Right, so <laughs> she's kind of like this whole other being who isn't necessarily like, gay, straight, bi, or yeah, anything. Like because if she wants to be a woman be... with a woman, she can do that. If she wants to be a man with a man, she can do that. If she wants to be a man with a woman or a woman with a man, she can she can change that. And assuming Mr. Sinister can also. I mean, but I don't I don't know. Like, I don't know how any of that works. I mean, it doesn't need to matter because it's a fantasy where these characters right. are sort of representing concepts that we have in our real world, but they're fantasy versions of that, which I, I generally think is really cool. It's mostly that it's too bad that these are both characters who in the past were depicted as villains. I do think that's changed somewhat, though. Like, we've sort of seen that with Mr. Sinister, especially in the past few years, where, like, people have just reclaimed him, and the way that he's depicted now in the comics is, is more of, like, a fun, campy character as opposed to, like evil Nazi sympathizer. He's also working with the X-Men at this point on Krakoa. He's changed a lot. And it's weird to think about that and be like, oh, this is like a character who was irredeemably evil in the past. And like, you could make that argument about Mystique as well. Or Apocalypse. Or Apocalypse. I mean, I would definitely like to hear from Amber about her Apocalypse trauma metaphor because I don't know where that was going but I just Amber's just gonna have to write in and tell us what they think about that because I don't know I well maybe maybe Amber was just referencing Archangel oh, in that situation maybe. because Warren has all that trauma from Apocalypse right, right I'd be into that really we just need a we need a second email from Amber is, is really where my thoughts yeah so going. write in some more is basically what we're asking <laughs> you to do I love I love a and you can around. write about whenever you want it doesn't really it matter it doesn't it doesn't matter because we're gonna keep talking about the same characters over and over because that's what this show is the characters are going to keep changing in the comics they're going to keep changing in the shows we're watching and we're going to keep revisiting the same themes and the different ways they're depicted so there's always something new to say yes um so i'm just going to pull out something from discord real quick in which they were talking about the spider-man theme from the x-men and the uh, spider-man crossover and they were listening (laughs) yeah they were listening to that and they were having flashbacks to the 90s and you were really into it and Basically, Drake got in there and said the theme was awesome, that the lead guitarist from Aerosmith actually wrote it. So when you were like, 
you literally were like, oh, did they hire somebody, like some badass musician to write like a really cool version of this song? The answer yes. is yes. Okay, that's, that's what great happened. because that song ruled like right on. I'm glad they got like an iconic 90s or like 60s and 70s musician in there to, to write something cool. It sounds great. So this next message is from Mystery Man, frequent writer in, and he writes, hello to you. Sorry for sending two emails. My Gmail's kind of glitchy and I thought the first one didn't send. As for all the other ones, they were the result of a busted Gmail, a bad attention span, multitasking, and other things. It's completely fine, Mystery Man. That's how our brains work, too. <laughs> I'm saying, what we're learning today is that all of us apparently have ADHD. That is, it's that not just you and me anymore. That is the listenership of our show. That's who we make it for. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Mystery Man continues. So, remember how I came up with a way to get lists off 6X characters out of the closet with Ileana and X23 and then I sent another email about Kitty and Ileana not remembering the first email wasn't about them I sent multiple emails about the same scenario with a bunch of different characters and the second one is addressing something that didn't even happen hearing my own emails read out loud has been a saga of ridiculousness and inconsistency and as some notification as of this email the apocalypse and days of future past movies are on Disney plus by the time this email is read there will likely be more this is an email That's true. From, Wolverine and X-Men's yes. out. This is an email from someone you don't know and won't tell you who he is. And this is a funny comic panel. And Mystery Man sent us, of course, the iconic comic book panel of Kurt Wagner himself opening up a gift from Logan, which is a framed <laughs> photograph of Logan, which is a famous panel for a very good reason. I don't know why this happened, but it's so funny and it's like so gay. And I feel like this is something that is, is a panel that people often share as a joke, but it's also completely serious because Logan it's and Kurt fantastic. are dating and they love each other. Yeah, they are do you have you noticed how huge Nightcrawler's ears are in this one specific panel? So By the big. way, they're like half the size of his head. I don't know why they're like that. They're there. really big. They're really big. I also really like Storm's body language in this image where she's just crossing her arms like, ha, like I can't believe this is I happening. I love it. Meanwhile, Kitty Price is having herself a hot chocolate yeah, she in is. good old time. Yes, she is. I like these other gifts oh. that Nightcrawler got also. Like he got like a really flamboyant like striped tie and spotted shirt in the background that someone gave him and then like binoculars and then a cowboy hat and dumbbells. Those are the other presents. Well, I was, I, I'm assuming that the cowboy hat was a gift to Logan potentially from Is Kurt. this a Christmas episode uh, comic? I can't remember. I thought it was like yes. Kurt's birthday or something, but maybe it's everybody. No, I'm pretty gifts. sure it's a. I am pretty sure it is a Christmas comic because because Kitty's drinking hot. Yeah, chocolate. I think you're but probably I could be wrong right. About that. I think you're I could be, right. I mean, there's like all these. There, like if you look at who's standing where behind Nightcrawler is definitely Cyclops, yep. um, and there's a ridiculously ugly button-down shirt next yeah, to him. Yeah, maybe the shirt is for him. Yeah, there's a there's that cowboy hat directly in front of Logan. The binoculars are also next to Logan, but could be very well be Storm also. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a Christmas type thing. I think thing. it's fair to assume the cowboy hat is Logan's. Who I like else? How, would I like wear how that? we don't even remember. I like how I've we're seen just like comics so many times, and I don't remember. Yeah, it. and we're like, wait. Which it's one is famous. it again? Like, All right, whatever. We're we can't remember everything. Anyway, 
let's let's move on. Um, what should we read next? This is just off Twitter that I thought was important for us to know. Great. Um, but somebody was messaging me on Twitter. This was not in the Mutant Ages Twitter, but I felt like it was important information that we needed after watching X-Men Origins Wolverine. And I said, and I had said, everyone should listen to our podcast on this, but definitely not watch the yes. movie. In which Sid responded, did you know that Will I Am researched how to be cool for his role by quote unquote, watching videos of badasses on the internet? <laughs> and I go, wait, what? And Sid goes, I saw it on an interview with him on that show DVD on TV. He literally said wow. that. Honestly, Will I Am came out looking pretty good in the film. So I think I think yeah, whatever I mean, he researched, it it did the job for him because I, I just remember reading that. I was like What? What? <laughs> it's really funny. But you know what? He had nothing to work with. So I can't really blame him. Like he was probably just like, I need to look like a cool superhero. I'm just gonna watch a bunch of videos of I don't know, cool badasses and see what I can get. I honestly it worked, man. It worked. If you're listening well I am, I'm sure he's a big fan of the show. So just shout out to him. So we have another tweet here that is written at us saying, did you all notice how and this is for X-Men Evolution, by the way. I've just started talking without giving any point of reference. That's fine. Uh, did you all notice how Aurora is almost never called by her given name? They, especially Xavier, will say things like, Gene, Scott, Kurt, this is Storm. Yeah, I actually, I saw this tweet. I'm just going to go ahead and say I think this is racist. Like, yeah. I feel like they're giving her a more pronounceable name than Aurora because yeah. I just don't like it. They're like, like as soon as this we don't know if we can pronounce out, Aurora. I was like, shit, you're right. Like, they think kids can't pronounce Aurora. Like, what the fuck? It's not even that hard to say. Like, what... Whatever. So yeah, I'm sad about it. And now I'm going to call her Aurora constantly yeah, to make up for I mean, this. You should, because what the fuck? It's a beautiful name. And I don't know. I, I mean, Storm is a badass superhero name, but it's not her given name. So why why wouldn't they call her Aurora around the house? Makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. This isn't to say that X-Men Evolution isn't still racist, but in the episode Spike and Speed, which is coming up a couple episodes from now, uh, they do start calling Storm Aurora. And I don't know if that's going to continue or not. I guess I'll just personally be on Aurora watch when it comes to how this wonderful character is referred to on the show. We shall see. I feel like he says Aurora at some point, but maybe I'm just not picking that we'll up. We'll see. We'll notice it now. Now that it's being pointed out, we're going to notice it. I mean, did do they call Wolverine Logan on the show? Does or do the kids call him Wolverine? Like when you call your teachers Mister Something, or you know, like oh, this is Mister Anaboli or Miss Jackson. Mr. Logan? Yeah, but what if they just call them Wolverine Storm as their teacher names? I don't know. I mean, maybe they do. That's I'm weird trying to remember. Too. Well, we'll have to be on Logan Watch and Aurora Watch for right. true equality and to see see who gets to be called by their first name or not. In okay, Logan's fair. case, it's even stupider because that isn't even his name, really. <laughs> well, but at the time, they didn't even have that of course, prepared of course. in the comic book. But Storm so has like fine. an actual name, which is Aurora Monroe. Like they could be calling her Ms. Monroe for her could teacher be doing that. name. And they because don't I think when that. Beast comes along, they all call him like Mr. McCoy or something. Maybe Beast will call her Aurora. I feel like that would be something Beast would do. Beast would be like, y'all are idiots. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with all of you? Hold on. Let me transform myself into a beast. Uh oh. I mean, like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so this next uh, this next piece is actually from our Discord again, which I just sent it to you in our Discord, where Elena wrote in, okay, I haven't listened to the episode yet because I usually save it as a treat for the end of the day, 
Um, but this is the last episode of X-Men the Animated Series, by the way. Oh, yeah, right. And she goes, did you address Genosha? She goes, did you address Genosha being the island of a dicks, apparently? And she sent a screen cap of Genosha, and that's straight up what they are. All the little houses are little tiny dicks, and somehow Maddie and I did we not did pick not up on this. We did not notice this, which is absurd, because we are so sexually minded Yeah, like, we are so horny show. all the time. Like, you would think that, like, we would have seen that. Ridiculous. Like, you would think with all the butt plug jokes we make, we would be talking about this. And yet, and yet. Okay, so in the this is the season finale of x-men the animated series yes, that it this, is. this is from man we really missed it we just missed all these dicks we, they just floated right over our heads probably because we were really busy did. sobbing about magneto oh my god we were literally crying that episode is crying cry so that's hard my, that's i was too busy crying to be horny that's the real facts that's the straight <laughs> truth um i didn't notice the dicks i'm glad elena's here to point Some, them out sometimes i need those two things to go hand in hand i don't know it depends, depends on, the on night. depends it, on whether you're recovering from something awful or not you know <laughs> yeah, okay that's terrible let's let's move on let's <laughs> okay. move on to our next email from drake who writes hey maddie and ryan hey drake i was thinking about the spider-man episodes you covered on the podcast recently and they reminded me of some forms of ocd can take so i thought i'd write mm. about write in about it most people who know of OCD associate it with cleaning or hand washing, but while doing some research, I learned it can take other forms too. Because OCD is all about a doubt, like doubting something is clean enough, some people with OCD doubt their sexuality or gender identity. Spider-Man thinks he, he may be a mutant, so he seeks the assurance from Professor X in the X-Men. Similarly, as a straight cis person with OCD may look for a certainty about their sexuality or gender identity online or through other people like friends and members of the LGBTQ community. Hmm. Also, although Spider-Man is afraid, he doesn't hate mutants, just as someone with OCD looking for answers isn't necessarily homophobic or transphobic. Admittedly, the metaphor is flawed because Spider-Man is afraid he'll keep mutating into something else. But maybe right. we can be generous here and say that Spider-Man's fear is kind of like the anxiety around the identity someone with OCD could face. I realize this is dicey territory, so I'll end this with this. These forms of OCD work in all ways. Just as someone who is a straight may have OCD that causes them to question if they may be gay, someone who is gay may have OCD that causes them to have doubts and fear that they may secretly be straight. Please research OCD yourself if you have any questions, but know that trans women are women and trans men are men, and as the Quinta Brunson meme says, people be gay. See you next time, Drake. So this is interesting because I saw this come in I don't know whenever this was written in the whole on. Yeah, whenever I saw this, we recorded those episodes, probably within the last month. I saw this email comment, and as somebody who has OCD, like mm-hmm. like uh, clinically, yes. um, I've never heard this theory before. Like I, I straight up have never heard this. Like I, the OCD is definitely a high form of anxiety. Um, it is still mental illness, um, but uh, I've never really heard about that so when my ocd has manifested in its worst and i mean the more the worst and i went i wanted to go ahead and say that it's been a while since like it's been like that but actually unfortunately in the past year i kind of went through a scenario that brought some stuff up again in which i feel like if i don't do certain things a certain way like the worst hello yeah i'm still listening sorry you're just monologuing and i'm listening no 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 no, no. there was like (laughs) there was like a weird noise in my house and i was like what the fuck was that Okay. okay Uh, it, Sorry, it, keep it was going, spooky. Keep going. Uh, oh, I don't know what's happening. My house is haunted tonight. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> you gotta leave oh all that God. in. There's a ghost in the house okay, with me. Okay, okay. The uh, ghost just wants to hear your deep thoughts on having OCD, Ryan. Yeah, so, okay. What was I saying is that it will manifest in ways where I will 
think that like something atrocious or horribly bad will happen. Right. Even if you don't know what it would be, you're just you're you don't get that far. Well, sometimes it's like sometimes in especially in abusive relationships or some kind of trauma like that. This this is when it really because I went through an abusive relationship and I had OCD previous to that. But then afterwards, I felt like I was okay, but then going into relationships again or trying it again, I would have these thoughts that if I don't do it was like stupid shit. It had nothing to do with like, I don't know, like something going on with my partner at the time. It'd be like, if I don't step on these three tiles the exact same way, this person's going to either like end it with me or like break into my house or something, mm-hmm. you know, like something horrible. It's like, that is kind of what the OCD spiral is, is that it interjects these horrible chaotic thoughts in your head that causes all this self-doubt to, and, and what you're doing and how you're acting. And that's how you kind of fall into these patterns. And, I am very lucky in the sense that I am a spontaneous person, so I will find ways to break out of it. Um, but it's a horrible cycle. There have been point in times where my anxiety has been so bad, and my OCD like it's a it's a cycle of anxiety, OCD, uh, depression, and if those three things can all hit at one time, which it has once with me, like there was like two weeks where I was like I seriously couldn't even get out of bed because I was so scared of like what would happen if I stepped on the carpet the wrong way. Like that happened to me in, oh God, I wanna say it was 2009, 2010, something like that. And I wasn't eating food because I was worried about like the way I would walk into the kitchen. And like, do you know what I'm saying? Like that is like how bad it can get. Or you walk in and out of doors multiple times. I've been there, it's horrible. I haven't been through, it has not been that bad in over a decade for yeah, me at this point. Yeah, but I mean, point. I've heard you describe it before or being like, oh, I need to do these certain yeah, things before I can Yeah, and Maddie was like, that sounds sleep. like hell. I'm so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I I, don't know. I just try to be there for you if you're in yeah, a well, time I like haven't, that. I haven't had that anymore. Um, mostly my anxiety and depression is just that. And the OCD, I just, I just clean a lot, but I don't sit there and have the uh, doubt that if I don't clean well enough, something horrible will happen. At this point, I know that's just me wanting to be very neat and uh, and all that, and that's fine. Um, and it also helps calm that anxiety. So whatever. Mm-hmm. So the OCD takes in forms where it does create self doubt, but it's never made me doubt like my gender, right? But uh, do you think or like my sexuality? I think that you could know, happen, I don't though because there's different forms that OCD can take for different people. Sure, but I also I feel like that's a tough territory to also walk because I feel like the real problem here is that nobody here, nobody on Earth is actually straight or gay. We like I consider myself gay because that's what I identify well, most with and like I really can never see myself being with a woman. I think that's what Drake is getting but at I think, though. I think Yeah, Drake... and I, th- I agree. And so I think when you start doubting those things in your mind and you think it's like an OCD thing, I think it's sort of just being like, well, but I think these are actual feelings somewhere inside of you at the same time. I think that's probably true. I think that it probably starts as a reasonable doubt and I've certainly had those moments, especially as a bisexual person, which I feel like I don't know. I don't know how different it is from know, your experience, I, but it, it was, there's it certainly was times when you. I when I would be like, "Am I just straight? Am I just like imagining this?" And I've also had times where I've been like, "Am I really only attracted to women? Like, I'm so attracted to this girl. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm not even interested in anyone else. Like, I I really have gone back and forth on that and been like, "What am I even really into?" And well, I guess I guess that's a good question for you because you've gone out on to dates before where I really have not done the dating right. scene. Well, it's just it's not was... something that I'm good at, and also <laughs> well, that's not where I was going know, with it. I, I was more like, I can imagine how that form of self-doubt, which is stressful enough with society being the way that it is to even be considering your sexuality in that way and 
to have that additional stress of like, what will people think of me? That's anxiety producing, even if you don't have anxiety. But then let's say you do have anxiety, or let's say that you have an obsessive personality. Maybe you have OCD, maybe you just you know, have a tendency to end up in mental spirals, whatever diagnosis you may end up with. I can imagine how you could end up in a spiral over that and be like, I just keep spiraling on this one thought. And like, I'm obsessed with how people perceive me. I'm obsessed with how I perceive myself. I cannot exit the spiral. That would be really scary. Like I can imagine that being the case for someone. And that makes sense to me. Like I, I don't, all that said though, Drake, I don't know if you watched the Spider-Man episodes. Maybe you did. I don't know. I don't think that Peter Parker is that way. Like, I just didn't read it that way. This is purely just a subjective difference of opinion. I read it as as Peter Parker actually being somewhat judgmental of mutants. And that's mostly down yeah. to how the voice actor chose to deliver those lines. I did read it as him being judgmental. Perhaps that's just me reading too much into it. I don't know. But I didn't feel like it was him projecting his own anxiety onto them, which I think would be a more interesting way to do it for the record. I agree. But instead it kind of came off like he was afraid of being a mutant himself. And then his arc in that episode, which is kind of interesting is that he like meets a woman at that event who is really bigoted. And he sort of thinks to himself like, wow, I'm that's really toxic. And like, I don't want to be that person. And then he gets to know the X-Men more. He meets more mutants and then realizes that he was being kind of silly. Like that's, that's kind of his arc. And I think that's an arc that straight people sometimes have to go through in their real lives where they're like, Oh, I'm sort of afraid of this. This seems kind of fucked up and weird to me. Like I wouldn't want to be gay. And then they like get to know queer people and they're like, Oh, it's, I don't want to be a bigoted person. And also they're just humans. And like, that's, I think that's closer to the arc that Spider-Man goes on. And that's part of why I like those episodes. I, I don't know. Maybe Peter Parker does have more anxiety than I realized though. And I, if I watched the rest of the show, I'd be like, Oh, this is an interesting portrayal of like this type of person. But yeah, I can't really speak to that because I haven't watched the whole show. No, but I think it's an interesting concept because I, like I said, it's something I've never considered before. Yeah. But I, you know, it's the same. It's not just OCD. It's like anything with self doubt. You will start yeah, wondering. You can if you're, really spiral on that shit. I yeah. think that's the. I think that's what it comes down to. Is that it's really about the spiral you wind up in, and then you end up doubting who you even are. And I have certainly been that way about other things in my life, and mm-hmm. it's it's bad. And I think that is often a time when other people can sort of take advantage of you too. And that's when they, you know, I guess that's what you're getting at, Drake, a little bit. Is that if you reach out to a community and you're like, oh, and they're not taking advantage of you and they're like just kind of like letting you fit yeah, in with I mean, them like, but some luckily people the make... x-men aren't horrible like yeah, spider-man exactly. got kind of lucky here in his moment of need that he broke into xavier's mansion instead of like i don't know yeah, like i was Genosha. gonna say he broke into a mansion <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah spider-man maybe don't break into a mansion it's my main hot tip it's the hot tip i had at the time and it's the hot tip i stand by exactly all right so this next piece is going to come from twitter in which hidden fox writes Episode of the Mutant Ages caused me to go back and read up on Hank McCoy, and I was reminded that Hank McCoy can absolutely fucking jerk you off with his feet. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes. There's things you need to know. Yep. That's I, just I, wonder, true. I wonder if Logan is into that, honestly. I bet Kurt can too. So yeah, Logan probably is into it. Oh yeah, that's true. And like, I don't know. Like, he certainly likes to get stepped on, so there's that, too. Yeah, I think Logan's probably into getting stepped on and also having somebody touch his dick with their feet. Okay, that's fair. why not? Also from Twitter, we have, because I can't not see darkness everywhere, I keep thinking about this early scene where Warren tells Hank that his wings sprouted at military school and he's been hiding hiding them since then. Makes me wonder how long it's been since he's seen a doctor. Wow, yeah. 
That's true. Right? That's like an interesting point. It like, is. It's like, so he would, was he just skipping out on his physicals? I think so, which is really hard to do at military school, by the way. I don't, uh, I don't know. Maybe his dad got him private physicians and stuff for a while. I mean, it depends on like which version of Warren we're talking about, but if it's, I don't know. If it's I mean, TAS Warren, then maybe his dad helped him out for a bit. But yeah, I don't know. It's definitely scary. I don't know. Poor Warren. That is really scary. What a sad, sad boy. You get to read this next email. Okay, so this one's also from Drake. Who writes, hey, Maddie and Ryan, this may be too much to ask, but how would you fix the script to X-Men Origins Wolverine if you were acting as a script doctor? Thanks. Man, what if we like, okay, so this is in reference to our YouTube YouTube video, honestly, but but, well, we'd have to think about it a little bit more because we'd have to draft that. Okay. This is a good idea, Drake. I, you know, we might just make this video someday. Well, okay. So first of all, I'm going to say that this is a reference to our YouTube video where we fix the X-Men apocalypse script and everyone was like, that actually works. We would hit, what we did for that is that we sat down and we sort of well, drafted out. Well, that took weeks of us talking about uh, yeah. it obsessively. We also sat there on Slack one day and talked for like, I don't even know. Like, was it even Slack? Hours? It might have been like Facebook yeah, Messenger where we like just kept it going back. we had back a Slack. And, yeah, it might have been when we were yeah. still using Facebook Messenger and we were just like, let's fix this movie. What would we do? I don't know if I could. I think the thing is that we walked out of Apocalypse and we had these concepts that were like, there's parts of this that we liked mm-hmm. and a lot of parts we didn't like, but how would we be able to connect the parts we liked and extend well, on like Jubilee being there, for yeah. example? I feel like it was easier with that movie because there were some parts of it that we actually liked. Whereas X Men Origins, like the problem with I'm X-Men like, yeah, oh, God, I mean that's the problem. It's I mean, a like, doctor. It's like it needs a full rewrite from the ground up. It does. Like, I mean, the fact that Heather and James Hudson are just throwaway characters is wrong, and they're like portrayed completely incorrectly. But also, like Wolverine's entire origin, like is also wrong. like they didn't have the right Maverick in there. It's like I just don't understand what that movie was I trying feel like to why do. Why not just do? actual weapon x like even if you do the version of weapon x where it's like logan going back with hank so okay honestly i have a theory that in the mcu we'll get either some sort of a streaming show or a movie or we will get a movie that will be a new wolverine movie but i think it won't go under the moniker of wolverine because what's gonna have to happen now because fucking fox took all the good names mm-hmm. uh is they're gonna have to come up with like new like titles and i bet there will be a movie called weapon x i think so i also liked your theory a while back about a show called weapon x that's like sort of a luke cage jessica jones style like maybe yeah. on disney plus something that's just about the weapon x characters but like actually done well i think that could be really right. cool i i'd love to I see think be really interesting like silver fox saber tooth logan but done well like i'd love to see those characters not treated the way that they were in x-men origins wolverine truly i right. i mean if i were going to rewrite the movie that's really what i would do try to actually fix the entire weapon x setting and just be like let's have this be about these characters who are taken advantage of by this government program that is using yeah. them because they're mutants turning them into human weapons i would think it'd be really interesting yeah it's, it's like a story that's been retold a bunch of times but like you can do it interestingly again Taylor's if you have the right actor. <laughs> oh my god also you gotta get mrs potts in there to sing that song you just got uh, well, to. I mean, who, who would be who i mean beast is obviously wolverine and jean gray would probably wind up being like Belle because she's a weirdo oh now we're casting uh, beauty and the beast yeah the i mean this is the thing we do here okay so oftentimes on our show we like compare a disney movie or a tv show to the x-men easier than rewriting x-men origins wolverine so we've just taken a left turn over i have no beauty idea who the, the fuck mrs potts would even be honestly emma frost you know emma frost wouldn't give a shit no she wouldn't give a shit that'd be funny though mrs pot um okay so emma frost would be the wardrobe character probably and just be like you look like shit honey like that would be (laughs) 
thought, okay, but Lumiere is Gambit. Mm-hmm. That's very and true. And Cogsworth is Cyclops. Yeah. That's kind of weird so, because Jean is Belle in this? Isn't I mean, that what you I said? don't know. Okay. Well, who else, who else would it be, honestly? I don't know. I guess Gaston is like not Cyclops, but that's okay, the love well, then triangle I, I, that's I guess there. it wouldn't work if it's Jean then. Yeah. Like who, it would have, Gaston would essentially have to be Sabretooth and somebody that like, so maybe silver, silver fox. fox i don't know that's interesting you, you know that's kind of interesting if it's silver fox and then saber tooth and logan as beast and that's i don't even know why we're talking about this anyway that's what we would do to fix it we do a shot by shot okay. remake of beauty and the beast but with saber tooth <laughs> silver fox and wolverine in the in the lead three characters and it's done it's fixed oh my God. we fixed the film okay perfect, perfect. i love it somebody Disney, somebody film are you it with listening? us are Let's you go. taking notes why did you do the live action beauty and the beast with emma watson that was the wrong call you needed to do it with Logan. you needed emma frost you needed emma anyway, frost in there okay not emma watson done. okay so anyway this next uh tweet comes from scott who writes well friends it took until the end of the animated series but it finally happened i caught myself silently mouthing the words along to the mutant ages theme song yes you're welcome maddie your music is infectious that's is what it comes down to oh thank you so much okay sometimes i think back on the time when elena called called in and sang the theme for us and i just feel all warm and fuzzy it makes me so happy <laughs> it's i'm really uh, glad people like hey that theme you know song. this goes to you maddie you wrote the theme song i i did it's true i wrote that theme song it might be the only good song i've ever written you can actually get it to download on patreon you sure can if you back us at five dollars a month you can get a you copy. can get all of our weird ass music did you release the uh, x-men comic book theme on there oh i need to add that on there fuck all okay right. well i'm glad we had this conversation <laughs> anyway so our I'm next right, i'm literally tweet writing is actually, down a note <laughs> our next tweet is actually a picture that somebody wrote into us uh from x-men rate and it's a picture that comes along with the caption of thoughts and it's Sabretooth hanging out with the Reavers in the Morlock tunnels. This is Earth, the deep tunnels beneath Manhattan. And I think it's, I can't tell if it's Scalp Hunter or not, that says, looks like our job's just about done, Sabretooth. Too bad about that guy with the wings. <laughs> and then he follows it up with, he's lucky Thor showed up when he did. I sure would have liked to have nailed him, but he was way out of my league. What? So wait, who's the character who's saying this? We don't know. I think it's I think it's Scalp Hunter, but I could be wrong. Okay. It's one of the Marauders. But like basically it's like Sabretooth and like one of the Marauders being like I know they're talking about nailing them in terms of like oh, killing, killing them, them, but it's a weird it just it's a sounds weird... like a sexy thing. Are they talking about Warren? Yeah, yeah I think it's Warren, but I mean, whoever knows. Okay, how could anybody not look at Warren and want to nail him? He's beautiful. He's a beautiful man. Whatever. <laughs> okay. I can't blame them. So the next uh, little bit comes from our SoundCloud in which we were talking about X-Men Origins Wolverine. And yeah, Keith was writing in at parts that first... They wrote, I must confess that I've watched the Gambit parts alone several times. I like that Gambit, and I wish they'd keep him for actual good movies. Yes. And then followed it up with, what the fuck, at 37 minutes and already so many things, I don't even remember seeing, even though I watched it two times. I guess Sony (laughs) now is often unavoidable with with that piece of shit of a movie. It is. The thing about thinking the green screen would roll up at some point, I felt that too. Or that you'd suddenly see behind the cameras because no one bothered editing that out. I mean, I don't (laughs) think that happened. But having in mind that they let that shot of Wolverine claws and seriously it haunts me yes that shot of wolverine's claws which we mentioned on the show when he's in the bathroom it's that film awful incredible oh, yeah. 
awful. It is awful. It is awful. <laughs> um, another tweet out of us coming in more about the Spider-Man, the animated series. It says, you guys weren't off about noticing how Spider-Man skews more childlike. It's noted that X-Men 90s show had more leeway and Spider-Man, the powers that be wouldn't even allow punches, mm. which is interesting. And then it there's another follow-up uh, tweet that said, also Storm does appear later on in season five for a three-parter where the Beyonder tasks Spider-Man to build a team of heroes, sort of like animated Secret Wars Secret Wars Arrival, the Gauntlet of the Red Skull, Doom. So you guys might be, may not be quite done with the X-Men the Animated Series. I mean, if we wanted to watch those, we could, I guess. I, I, mean, would, I, I think it's on my list of things to eventually get to, but I kind of feel like those types of episodes I've put aside just in case we ever do like a live episode so we would watch something right. along with people. That would be fun. Someday. Yeah. 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 Okay, so Hayden from Twitter writes, question for X-Twitter. How many X-Men are too many X-Men to be in the film TV series in the MCU? The version I have created in my head, which is obviously not going to happen, but still, I ended up with 15 X-Men in the end. But that seems like way too much. But what do you think? 15? Yeah. Hmm, I, that is I a feel lot. like uh, we've had this conversation so many times on this show. I know. But it's because the answer keeps changing because there's so many different ways they could go about it that I think would still work. They have a lot of options. Yeah, they do. I don't really know what to expect, honestly. And we keep on discussing it, but I feel like the best way to go is to have sort of a core team that the films follow, but then they have to have offshoot series on Disney Plus, but it still needs to connect into the greater universe, like what they are doing with Winter Soldier, the Falcon, yeah. Scarlet Witch, Vision. Or what they were going to do, although now I'm sure their production timeline is like totally borked by COVID and everything. But yeah, that and idea I, I actually made curious sense. is what's going to happen with the contracts with the Netflix series. And if when that comes to Disney Plus, will that allow them to put those characters into the MCU because they'll be now in a streaming service that can cross over into the MCU stuff? I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I do think it would be cool to just have X-Men TV shows where they actually have the rights to everything as opposed yeah. to like The Gifted or, or, you know, The Runaways show where like they have certain characters, but not everyone. And they have to find other ways to refer yeah, to people. Yeah, Runaways had to do like a whole like, I don't know, they had to like bend over backwards to not have Molly be a mutant, basically. I know. And that was obnoxious was because by the end of it, like they had the rights to do that finally. But it took so yeah. long. Anyway, yeah. fuck Fox. Yeah. They changed Fox into the 21st Century Studios. And some people were like, my childhood, I remember is Fox. And I'm like, it's time that changes, though. Because let's <laughs> be real. They like needed, they fucked up a lot. So, yeah, I know. I know. Also, like, it's a brand. It's fine. Yeah, it's, be it's, fine. St- those movies still exist. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I like this Weapon X TV show idea. I'll say that I'm not deeply attached to having certain characters be in a mainstream movie because I feel like there's so many ways that could work. So it's not yeah. like I have a specific lineup of 15 X-Men that I'm like, I need them to be in there. I'd be happy if they had like Rogue as part of the Captain Marvel universe for a second. And then like Storm is over in the reboot of Black Panther that they're going to have to do. And then like, I don't know, just different. There's a bunch of different ways they could do things that I think would be interesting and would work. I'm not even saying I need those things to happen. I'm just like, whatever. They could do a yeah. lot of different things without having like a core X-Men movie the way they did the first time around with Fox. I don't know that they need to do that. I think they could just have a bunch of different other movies about different teams or different individual mutants. And that could be interesting. Too. I think that they could do that and then kind of have the core movies too, but not they don't need to be. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen because the X-Men is like a bigger team than the Avengers themselves. I know. They're kind of fucked. <laughs> Maybe I, it's I just mean, shut everything I'm really down and redo it. I'm really interested to see. 
No, I, I, I'm just really interested to see what they'll do. I think I think it will be interesting for sure. I do, too. But I also don't think we're going to see it for like five years at the rate that we're going. I, I don't know what's going to happen, period, in general. Me either. Me either. We'll see. We'll we'll still be doing this show. People we seem will be. To be. People seem to be worried that we're not going to keep doing the show. I don't know why anyone's worried by that. I don't know, this, this is, is the only thing that's been consistent have. in the past three years. It's been like, yeah, like this year's you... been so stressful. Like, the only thing I have to look forward to during the week is like this, you know? Okay, but <laughs> also like a couple people, not in a mean way, but people were like surprised that we made it to X-Men Evolution. And I'm like... Do you not realize that it's been a lifetime of us talking about X-Men every single day to each other? I mean, like, basically, it's going to happen either way. You like, know? This is this is it. Like, this just goes on constantly. Like, if Ryan and I weren't recording it, the conversation would still occur. So we well, the other conversation well would be it. like about Super Smash Brothers, basically. Well, that's true. Why, we should we should shut this down and just do a Super Smash Brothers show. Oh, who's going to be the spotlight X-Men on that? I mean, spotlight. Oh, my God. Each one's Princess spotlight character. Peach. But that should really be Daisy. Fuck Peach. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> this next tweet is from John Gordon, who actually designed the Total Conversion Quake game, Ravages yes, of Apocalypse. Another person who worked on that game. Yes, and he wrote, I'm three and a half episodes into the Mutant Ages playthrough and loving it. It's great to see players having so much fun with it. P.S. You can play <laughs> as the X-Men characters in multiplayer, which we did right. know, we just didn't get to it. And then he goes, P.P.S. It's a battery. And that's what he's referencing, the air conditioner <laughs> we kept screaming at. Okay, why would you pick up batteries? Are these all cyborgs? Ah, well, they, they were, but they were cyborgs, remember? But that's what they you, were clones. Oh, but you're we a cyborg. We were playing as a cyborg. Oh, that makes sense. Except yes, it's still it kind of stupid. But oh, it my God. Sense. It does. It's better than, okay, it's less stupid than us screaming air conditioner. No, we were smart and right. Okay, <laughs> whatever. Okay, so Discord wrote into us and said, Yes. Hello, my darling mutant friends. This is Discorda again. Welcome back, Discorda. Thank you. The mutant ages pose this interesting question, and I thought the two of you would like to discuss it on your next reader mail. I will be over here getting actual work done while you two continue to read your silly fan fiction, Discorda. <laughs> this is from within the Discord where it says, does Magneto lose anything as we move further from World War II? Like the mm. idea of a Gulf War or a Vietnam Magneto really only makes sense from an anti-imperialist view. We yes. can keep him aging, but I think that doesn't match what we know about uh, who usually leads civil rights movements. Feels like today's Magneto would be a story more like Killmonger's. Yes. So I feel like I feel like Magneto's character does lose something the further we get from World War II. I also think that people don't see World War II now in the same way that they did 40 years ago. People who lived through that time are increasingly dying in our real lives. So a lot of that history is being lost in a literal way. So like us worrying about Magneto aging, like time is going by and people are forgetting about how serious that time was and what yeah. it was like for people right. to see fascism rise and then fall I, th I think the fair point now is that world war ii has gotten to be so long ago like it made sense in 2000 to have magneto still be a world war ii victim right and be the age that he is so at this point like i, I mean here's this is a great question because now it's 2020 even if we go all the way back to like the 70s and 80s x-men or the 60s x-men that was that would put the X-Men at like, what, age 50, 60 each? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think this is part of why when they made those other live action X-Men movies, they put them in the past also because they wanted to have like young Magneto. And, I agree. And but so like on. that. But then we were running into this situation where it didn't even line up with their own timeline. But also yep. like 
it was getting further in our own actual lives. So it's like not clear as to when things were even happening. You know, it's, it was very weird. So I think yeah. this is a great question. And I don't know what I would make Magneto be if he's not a World War II survivor. Uh, yeah, I don't think you can have that. I mean, I feel like part of why Killmonger was so interesting in Black Panther is because they basically created a version of a character where it's like, well, imagine if T'Challa was real. Imagine if a prince of Wakanda was real and like how unethical that would be in 2020 or 2018 or whatever. And like how a character like Killmonger would feel yeah. about the existence of that place and be like, you abandoned us. And like, that's so interesting just from the jump. Like that's part of why Black Panther worked so well as a film was because it oh, was yeah. like, what if this really happened? How would characters feel about this in the present day? And like, I feel like if you're going to make a modern X-Men movie, which I have no idea if they're going to try to do that or if they're going to set it in the past or ignore all these political questions. But if they set it now and they're like, there are going to be characters dealing with these issues, but they're going to be dealing with it in 2020, according to the politics of the present day, like... You could do that, but you'd have to really change the story. And you really I, would. Don't, I don't know if you have Magneto there anymore. I think maybe you have a different character sort of serving in that role of being that activist, reactive character who's going to be the type who's like, we aren't extreme enough. We aren't radical enough and like is pushing the needle forward. And maybe that can't be Magneto anymore because he would just be too old for that to work. But I think you still need a character like that to be there. Or are they just going to have to change his history to make it work in modern the I mean, modern maybe, times. Or and, maybe, or maybe, I mean, I, I, I hear the other thing that they could do, which also would not work as well, but this is a thing that they've had to do in the MCU is that they've aged certain characters. So like they ended up putting the Scott Lane version of Ant-Man in there and making Jan and Hank be from like the 60s and 70s instead. Right. So now they're older. And that's not the first time they've done that in the in MCU where they're trying to keep to their roots a little bit too. Like, I think they had to run into this with Agent Carter and also Winter Soldier and obviously Captain America. So it's like, uh, where yeah. where does it work? Or uh, even Red Skull, you yeah. know? And yeah. Baron Zemo, they had to basically completely redo him. People were like, that's not Baron Zemo. I'm like, but I mean, would Baron Zemo is, even like, work? Like, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's that's kind of like the but question that you look at. But how many times can you have a character time travel from World War II? Like, they've, you can't just keep doing that. I mean, like, even the comics have struggled with this with Magneto, like, continuing to de-age him and, like, come up with goofy reasons why he's still alive or still around or clone him or whatever. And, like, that's fine. You want to keep a certain character alive because they're meaningful and I love Magneto, so it's all good. But for the sake of the movie, movies you can't just be like oh by the way this guy like was a holocaust survivor and now he's like 107 and like don't worry about it like i don't know it just doesn't make any sense and i don't know i, don't know. And I think I they just need to do. have different new characters and not focus on the magneto xavier conflict okay, that made see, a lot I, of sense i, I, I in disagree the 80s. with that because i feel like magneto's message is so important okay the whole thing I with know, the x-men though not, is that like Ryan, we... it's not to say i don't want magneto's message to be there but like it doesn't make logical sense for him to be alive unless they unless said they in change the past something. or change something. I think they're going to have to either change something or they're going to do time travel and then Magneto will pop out and be like, time travel's real. And like, we're like, yeah, we also have Avengers Endgame. So yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's a maybe fair he felt, question. Maybe he's going to walk out of a portal from Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange is going to be like, whoopsie. Or maybe they just write a series of X-Men movies and shows that are set in the 80s. I mean, why not? And like, actually I, would, I mean, it. I would be down for that. I'm not going to say no to any of that. And then like they get to the modern. We talked about this, too, where it's like they'd have all their stuff happen in the 80s and then they do movies that are current. But it's like Krakoa. 
Yeah, that would be really cool. That would be. I, I mean, I think it would have to be rewritten significantly to make it work within yeah. that world. But you could do kind of an X-Men evolution style story where like all of them are closeted. No one knows they exist. Like basically you just have to rewrite on that level. And I think that could be really interesting. So maybe they'll do something like that. I don't know. All right. Anyway, uh, so so this is from the Slack today in which Lysander Blood or Lysander Blood wrote. So that part in X-Men Evolution where Sabretooth and Wolverine were fighting and making references to Destiny always just reminded me of Highlander, which led me in my BF to make a whole scenario where Sabretooth and Wolverine used to date and then Sabretooth became obsessed with Highlander, the series, and <laughs> thinks it's legit and Wolverine is so annoyed and just but kind of just plays along. Also, Sabretooth and Wolverine did used to date, so this person and their boyfriend are clearly on the same wavelength as you and I, so yeah. yep. they're just so? inventing the exact same... It's the like same thing canon. because it's already true. It's already the case. You're not even it inventing anything. Case. It's already just there in the text. So there you go. Yeah. So there it is. And that is all of our reader mail for this month. So Yay, thank you for writing in. You can always write in to us at themutantages at gmail.com or call us whatever. Yeah. Uh, you we can have call plenty of ways phone. for you to contact us. But nobody's left us end- a voicemail in so long. But I yeah. know. Please call us. I, I miss hearing everyone's beautiful voices. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we leave, it's time for Get ready for it. The Mutant Ages, the comic. <laughs> yeah! Hit the theme song, me. The Mutant Ages, the comic. Issue number three. Time travel is real. Finally. All right. So just previously, for anybody who's new to this and our reader mail, in our reader mail section, we are now doing a special Mutant Age of the Comic Book, which features myself, Todd, and Maddie as mutants. Yeah, as mutants in the actual X Men universe, trying to go through all the different plot holes that we see on these cartoons, and we don't know why they're <laughs> happening. We're working for Emma Frost and Sage, and the last episode. We, well, let's see. What, what the, even last the last episode, we met Todd. We went to Baltimore. Yes. We met Todd. Yeah, well, technically, this, this, technically, we didn't go to Baltimore where Todd actually lives. We went to Washington, D.C. because that's a location on the animated show, and that's way yes. funnier. Because the so, storm that was being created by Archon and Storm was happening. And yes. everyone. And then after the floods happened, basically, nobody remembered it happened. They were like, what the perfect. fuck was that? And we picked up a golf ball eventually and ran through the portal. Uh Maddie's power is that she can play music on a key turn and turns into beams of energy. I have the ability to briefly freeze things with my eyes by screaming obnoxiously. And I can also <laughs> make things rewind or fast forward, but it's not really helpful because it only works for like three seconds. Mm-hmm. And Todd can temporarily write a sentence onto a piece of paper and throw it out. And for a very brief moment of time, it will actually happen in the physical world before it goes back to whatever it was. So he can sort of alter things just briefly with his words, which is fantastic. Right. Very, very cool powers. It is. So the last time we last time we checked, we had all just popped through a portal that we'd created with our glowing golf balls from Archon. <laughs> yep. So Ryan hopped through a portal, landing in a place that looked like Greece, except the sky was mysteriously purple. <laughs> he still held his, held his vlogging camera in his hand. This is weird. Did I land in the setup... Uh, of the first Mortal Kombat movie, Ryan asked, turning and looking directly at his camera. Before his question could be answered, Maddie also jumped through the portal and crashed directly into Ryan, who cried out, this is just like the time we ran across Steph's house in the dark. (laughs) Ryan, why are you still standing directly in front of the portal, Maddie, Maddie asked, legitimately confused. 
Maddie, you're this is stuck like exactly on. what Ryan does in real life. Like walking <laughs> through a door, filming himself, not continuing to move forward. <laughs> Amazing. Before Ryan could answer Maddie, Todd also walked through the portal and crashed into them. Why are you both standing in front of the portal? Todd asked. Ryan spun the camera around at Todd. Because I'm documenting our extra dimensional trip through, well, wherever we are, Ryan said. He paused. Maddie, where are we? Why are you asking me? You jumped through the portal, Maddie pointed out. She looked around. This place looks like a map out of Destiny 2, a game which I haven't decided I like or dislike yet, but they're removing all the campaigns I am playing. I don't know why I just shared all of that, so let's just go with this place looks like Metroid. So I think we are in space. That's true. Well, I hope we can breathe here, Ryan said thoughtfully. You're already breathing, Todd pointed out. This looks like the Odyssey in space. You mean like Ulysses 31, Ryan said knowingly. Yeah. You actually know that cartoon, Toad asked? Toad, Todd asked. Oh my God, sorry. Toad. I'm sorry. It's funny because Toad's name is Todd in the animated series. I wonder that's if why I made the mistake. I'm sorry. episodes and is like, wow, they're talking about me. We're talking about Toad. Anyway, sorry, Todd. <laughs> okay. Um, what the hell are you two even talking about, Maddie asked. Aren't either of you worried that we just stepped through a portal into space? Professor Xavier senses child soldiers in space all the time, Ryan pointed out. He paused. That's not a good thing. Fuck <laughs> Professor Xavier. Thank God we work for Emma Frost. So true. I genuinely do not know if that is a good or a bad thing, Todd pondered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Emma is Emma is uh, crafty as well. It's hard to say That's whether true. this is that good is or true. bad for us. Before the cast of the Mutant Ages could further discuss X-Men politics, they were interrupted by the sound of several red robots flying overhead, shooting lasers into the distance. Why are those robot knights doing, doing over there <laughs> shooting over those boulders, Ryan asked, smiling and winking at the camera? You know what's really funny is that technically when you think about this, Maddie, like this entire show, this entire comic could just be through my vlogging camera. It could be. It could be. <laughs> uh, Maddie ran toward a boulder, doing three somersaults across the ground before landing on top of the boulder with a backflip. Cool. To her horror were robots shooting at enslaved green-eyed alien people with tattoos on their faces. And the center of the madness were none other than Wolverine, Beast, and Cyclops, who was not opening his eyes to shoot any of the robots for some <laughs> unexplained reason. <laughs> No oh robot, <laughs> no robot knights here, Maddie shouted. Only Mitty Myers. Mitty <laughs> whipped out her keytar, which had been strapped to her back like a broadsword, and played a magical tune, which engulfed the instrument with a pink energy. Cool. With her final note, the energy shot out and blasted through the center of the robot's horde. Now that's what I call a hit single, Maddie shouted, giving <laughs> oh a fi- fist bump into the air. <laughs> One okay. of the green-eyed men turned to her, a gun pointed at her. Who are you? Are you part of the rebellion? He shouted. Calm down, dude. I just helped you. Get that gun out of my face, Maddie shouted over the gunfire. <laughs> Anyone against the enslavement of Archon is a friend to the rebellion, the man replied. My name is Mentor, leader of the Polycomus Rebellion. Wait, your name is Mentos, Ryan asked, <laughs> stepping out from behind a rock. I heard menthol. It's kind of hard to hear over all the blasting, Todd said, following Ryan. Also, has anyone seen any of those spinning X circles around? I still need to recharge my mutant power. <laughs> That's what those things are, Mentor replied, pointing at the X and at pointing at the spinning X at the roof of the building in front of them. We just assumed they were alien bugs. And then, <laughs> this is Seems Todd. fair. Pl- platformers always putting things on the damn roof. Excuse me, Todd said. He, st- he began to ascend the several platforms that were just floating in midair for no reason. <laughs> 
Blast him, psych! Wolverine screamed to the center of the battle, where he seemingly was wrapped in tentacles from a robot. Yep. Cyclops spun in circles uselessly as a horde of robots <laughs> flew toward the X-Men. Ryan oh ran forward and jumped in front of Cyclops. Freeze frame! Ryan shouted. With a flash, his eyes projected a blinding white box which froze the robots. Rewind! Just like that, the robots flew backward by five seconds before coming right back at the horde again. Maddie jumped forward, playing another sh- another tune on her guitar and blasted a beam of light into the robot enemies but it wasn't enough to take them out i would say that our ranks have been highly have been slightly outnumbered b said as he rolled around on the ground Uh, (laughs) but they were all in luck todd reached the roof of the building and grabbed a spinning x a meter popped up next to him and filled up to the top with a green color like legend of zelda todd whipped out a notepad from his back pocket and scribbled on it he ripped the words right off the page which read all the robots exploded upon the impact of todd's attack (laughs) you've all been naughty tom said with it and with this perfect bayonetta twirl he threw the words down at the robots and that exploded on impact everyone looked really confused Just FYI, in this in this uh, story, Todd to me will just be Bayonetta, so that's gonna be a thing. That sounds uh, right. He's magical. The hell just happened. Who made those? Ro- who made the robots stew? Logan said, sheathing his claws. That was Todd. He's awesome. Maddie said. Todd jumped <laughs> off the roof and gracefully landed next to Maddie. And still working on a code name, Todd said, looking directly at Ryan. But Ryan was too enamored to be standing in front of the Wolverine. Hi, I'm Ryan. I mean, snapshot, Ryan blurted, accidentally taking a a picture of Wolverine with his eyes. (laughs) He continued his awkward flirtation. And you're Wolverine. You're my fucking idol. (laughs) I ain't nobody's idol, kid, Wolverine replied as Ryan embraced Wolverine in an incredibly awkward hug. The hell is happening? Wolverine, Ryan said as he crossed his arms in X shape. He then turned to Maddie and said, see, he's definitely not a Photoshop this time. (laughs) Can somebody please explain to us what is happening here? Cyclops demanded. We jumped through a magic golf ball portal, and this is where we wound up, Todd explained. But we don't have much time left before the robots reassemble. My powers only work temporarily. I still have about half my MP left, but we should probably save that for an emergency considering the spinning X's only seem to be in the dumbest places. Mm. Follow me, fresh mint Mentos yelled as he pulled out a golf ball and <laughs> threw it into the air. It crackled and exploded into a portal. He led the captive aliens to the portal, as well as the X-Men and the Mutant Ages teams. Just in the last seconds, the robots reformed and shot Beast as he hopped through the closing portal, forcing him to land face first into the, do- into the dirt of the new Rebellion Batcave. No! <laughs> Hank, how bad is it? Cyclops immediately asked, even though he literally could have stopped any of these events from happening if he had just opened his eyes and looked at the robots. <laughs> A bit worse than I might have liked, B said as he fell lovingly into Wolverine's arms who cradled him. Summon the healers at once. Visor man, come with me, Mentor said. The name is Cyclops, Scott corrected him. What kind of name is Cyclops? Mentor asked him. What kind of name is Mentos? Ryan asked. (laughs) It's Mentor! He whined. But luckily, they didn't need to listen to any more of that conversation because Mentor and Cyclops left the room and and exited the remainder of the issue. (laughs) Great. A couple of healer aliens walked over and helped Beast into their weird-ass infirmary where Alfred Pennyworth was conveniently there to mend Beast's wounds. Wow, DC (laughs) Marvel crossover. Nobody would have expected that. (laughs) What is happening? Maddie asked. (laughs) I would ask that if I saw Alfred. I would be like, what's happening? did so <laughs> great question wolverine replied mind explaining what closet you all fell out, of, fell out of normally i would say give you but you really wouldn't understand the reference ryan replied you already made the reference top pointed out <laughs> now ryan seemed confused <laughs> <laughs> 
We are mutants from Earth, like you. You were sent here to investigate... Well, I don't actually know. We were told to go through this portal, so we did, Maddie said. I actually have no idea what we are looking for here. I mean, I know what I'm looking at here, Ryan said, wiggling his eyebrows awkwardly at Wolverine. You ain't too shabby looking yourself, Wolverine replied with a smirk. No, but really, Todd continued, interrupting the awkward flirtation. Why are we here? Just on cue, a portal opened up behind Todd, and a silver fox of a man walked out. He looked like he had survived the apocalypse, which is accurate, considering it was Cable. <laughs> okay. Because I need your presence to summon me here, Cable said, and as he dramatically posed in front of the portal, he turned to the camera with a gruff exterior, still posing. I'm Cable. I come from... <laughs> the future we know literally everyone in the room chanted cable looked annoyed the future is looking pretty grim apocalypse sentinels the plague professor xavier the lack of the spice girls i've been traveling through time to try to try and save my own future cable said dramatically as he as a shadow draped across his face that sounds like a pretty shitty future i don't know why you're trying to save any of it maddie pointed out Every attempt I have made to save the future, something else alters in history and crashes or crashes with an alternate timeline or Bishop shoots and misses and breaks the timeline. The mm. future is literally falling apart. When the future falls apart, so will the past and then the present and then the past again and then the future and soon there will be nothing left but just chaos, Cable said. Mm-hmm. You could have just left it at our timeline is in crisis instead of explaining whatever that was, Todd said. <laughs> it made sense to me, Ryan said knowingly. Time travel is real, basically. It makes more sense than X-Men Origins Wolverine. True. That's a low bar to clear, Todd replied. God, don't make me ever watch that movie again. <laughs> I want to watch it again. I don't even know what my origin is. My memories! Wolverine <laughs> cried out, grabbing his head and falling to the floor. This time, Ryan created Wolverine in his arms. Cute. Our entire reality has been at stake. Someone or something has been traveling through time and altering plot holes in our history, Cable explained. In addition to reality changing and warping around our very existence, people are losing their memories. At first, we thought it was due to the altercation in our reality, but my memory has remained intact. That is why Emma Frost and Sage created the Mutant Ages to investigate the timeline. Wait, so you know about our secret team, Maddie asked? Yeah, because Kibble looked directly into the camera, the whole room filling with shadow. I'm the one who came from the future to warn them about it in the past and tell them to make it. <laughs> and I thought my memory was shit, Wolverine said, finally getting up. So what's the plan, bub? I have been waiting for Mitty to arrive to this very point in time to utilize her key tower powers to send a beacon into the time stream to lead me here, Cable said. I'm confused, Maddie said, her famous catchphrase. Why here? Because the fate of the universe depends on your team. And these, Cable said, as he walked over to the closet door, he opened it and bags of flowing golf balls spilled everywhere. <laughs> Mini golf, Ryan asked. I do enjoy doing that on my vlog, which is at Pagella on YouTube.com. <laughs> and recently I went to Skull Island to play mini golf there. These are more than just golf balls. They are the key to time travel itself, Cable said. He leaned over and picked up a golf ball, which he carefully placed into a massive gun he had attached to his back. He pointed it at the wall and shot open a portal. Okay, he invented the portal gun, Todd said. (laughs) What are we supposed to do with it? Good question. You will use this to travel through time and space to important moments in the X-Men's history to investigate these plot holes. I call it the time travel gun, Cable said, dramatically holding up the camera. Really? You're calling the time travel gun the time travel gun, Todd replied. (laughs) trying to hold his shock. <laughs> you could have named it Time Stream, Maddie said. That would- or Back to the Future! Lion Ryan literally screamed. <laughs> Who will carry the burden and responsibility of being the time travel gun's wielder? Cable asked. Ryan and Todd looked at each other. Wolverine just shrugged. I scratch things, Wolverine pointed out, <laughs> scraping his claws together. 
Okay, I guess I'll do it, Maddie replied. <laughs> it makes sense. You are basically Samus, Ryan followed up. What about you, Maddie asked Cable. You seem to be the only one who understands any of this time travel nonsense, and I'm not relying on Ryan to explain any of it because he's just going to take the gun and go back to the 80s. <laughs> That's so true. It's completely true, Ryan said, as he nodded in agreement. It's only a matter of time before that becomes a plot device. Mm-hmm. I need to travel alone, Cable said, tossing his head to the side. It's what I do best. I have to do this fight by myself and with the cube. A cube floated up from behind Cable. <laughs> Hello, said the cube. Everyone on Earth is probably going to die. Just kidding, or am I? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone literally just stared at the floating <laughs> talking cube. Cable played with his little wristwatch in the cube. What the fuck, Maddie asked. <laughs> now go. I will catch up with you all later or earlier or maybe even the present, Cable said ominously. He looked at Ryan. See you later, babe. <laughs> babe, Maddie and Wolverine literally screamed. Maddie turned to Wolverine. Wait, why are you screaming? <laughs> It's complicated, bub, and it involves a bucket of water. <laughs> Body slide left, Cable screamed, and with the slide, he disappeared into the air. Ryan pulled out his camera. Okay, so Maddie, Todd, and I have just, jo- have just been joined by Wolverine and Cable to go travel around time and reality itself, Ryan stated. The world is collapsing into its own time vortex or reality or something. <laughs> and wait, will anyone even see this on the vlog if time itself is gone? What am I even saying? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, put down the camera and go through the portal, Maddie yelled. Ryan did so. And then Maddie and Todd and Wolverine, <laughs> the four of them landed in a modern living room somewhere on Earth. It was covered in action figures and cat hair. Yeah, Man, I think I'm going to be sick, Wolverine said. The hell are we? Maddie and Ryan looked around, gathering their bearings. Suddenly, their eyes widened upon seeing the collection of frozen action figures in the, crows, in the corner. Wait a second, Ryan started to think. <laughs> Oh, I, I did that thing where I like made fun of my own old yes. writing. Wait a second. Ryan started to begin to think about saying as he said it. <laughs> yeah. A girl's voice said from behind them. They all spun around. Ryan a few too many times. <laughs> there stood a short girl <laughs> with brown hair and she was standing in her pajamas. It was none other than Katie of Warcraft Valley of fame. Course. She held a bag of cheese it snaps <laughs> and a bottle of Mountain Dew in her hands. What the fuck are you all doing in my house? And is that Wolverine? <laughs> Uh, Ryan stammered. The cat puked in the background on Katie's bed. To be continued. Yes! I'm so glad Katie's here. I love this story so much. It's so good. Uh, there was a lot of explaining I had to do in this one, so I tried to do it through Cable. I felt I like that was, was perfect. I also like the implication that you and Cable have sex in the future, and like he remembers yeah. it and you don't because oh, yeah, it's I Cable. I and also Wolverine's like jealous about all I of like it. it. I'm glad that even in this version of reality, you and Wolverine are dating. Like this is like a uh, we sort of realistic-ish yet. version of real Like we are acting kind of like ourselves, but clearly Logan is still attracted to you. Is well, it a fantasy or? Is it something that would really happen if you met Wolverine? Who can say? I don't know. Is it, does that make that fan game like canon now? I think so. I don't know. Does I this mean, mean Mutant Ages the comic has to go to Spooky World? I hope so. That could be how it ends. <laughs> You're writing it. You can make us go wherever you want. I really liked I liked the writing of Cable. I liked all of it. I'm loving this comic series. Or I hope other oh, yeah. people are enjoying it as much as I am because... I mean, we're, we're almost on our full team, you yeah, know? Yeah, we gotta, we gotta put together a team. Emma and Sage yeah, we need do. us. They need us out oh, there yeah. fighting. We should be seeing them soon, but there's there was a lot of exposition with Cable that I felt like Emma and Tessa had to take a, a quick breather. Mm-hmm. So. And it also makes sense that Cable would be the inception of the team because, you know, time travel and all. Yeah, time travel's real, basically. Time travel's real. Uh, I guess we're up to the plug section, though, because we've reached the end. 
Because this is a listener feedback episode, why not start out by talking about all the wonderful ways that you can contact us? So first of all, we've got email, which is themutantages at gmail.com. We've got our wonderful Discord server, which you should head over to mutantages.com and then just look at the the bar on the right-hand side and you'll find an invite link so you can join it, chat with other Mutant Ages fans and X-Men fans, just hang out. The bar? Was the bar Morph? Yeah, the bar is Morph. Morph is is running the bar. He's turning into (laughs) Jean Grey. Pay him no mind. And then also we've got this voicemail number. Nobody's called it in a while, but hey, if you want to leave us a voicemail, we'll play it on the show. We'll talk We'll talk about it. So it's 1-508-319-1668. And then we have our physical mailbox, which we really need to record a video of ourselves opening all this mail. We will do it. Someday we will do it. And it's P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. That is Those that. are all of the ways. You found that. And you can also find the Mutant Ages all over the internet through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, and we're individually on those accounts as well. Maddie, where are you? I am at Mitty Myers, just like my Mutant Ages superhero name. Everywhere you look, there I am. That is true. How about you? On Instagram, I'm at Ryan.Pagella, and I'm on Twitter at Ryan Pagella, and I have a YouTube channel where you can see the real vlog that was in this story. That's on YouTube at Ryan Pagella, and it's pretty much exactly how it's been described on here with less time travel. Yes. And you can follow the Mutant Ages and their our YouTube channel there, which is really the companion to this show because we are playing through every mutant and X-Men themed video game known to mankind. Sometimes we take this show and we take our voices and put it to the cartoons or the movies, whatever I'm feeling. Sometimes we do parody videos, although it's been a while since because of COVID, we're not actually seeing each other in person. Although, who knows, maybe we can do like a COVID Zoom call a or something. long distance COVID? What if the X-Men, how the, how are the X-Men dealing with COVID? That could spark some ideas that for could, us. Then we could get some more people involved in that. That would be fun. And then, uh, also, we kind of put up us reacting to sort of old material that we created as kids like our x-men parody videos which were the demon and then sometimes we'll read all stories yeah which we also do on our patreon yes we do we have all kinds of bonus episodes on there if you go to patreon.com slash the mutant ages there's all kinds of tier levels you can back at you can get the soundtracks you can get access to bonus content of all kinds and we talk about movies we've seen sometimes we read old embarrassing fan fictions we share aim conversations from ourselves as teenagers it's it's a very cool patreon and worth backing and also, we give a shout out to our highest tier Patreon supporters. That's right. And they are Soren B and Samuel B. Yes. Thank you for supporting us here at the Mutant Ages. We're so excited for all of your support, especially during COVID. I am not working. And <laughs> I don't know. I Apparently, I'm needing a new computer sometime in the near future. Yeah, so, all you know, of Ryan's electronics have helps. just been progressively falling apart over the course of COVID. I, I don't know. He's, I he's mean, like, maybe honestly, some the type timing of electromagnetic any... pulse that's like causing everything to fall apart. That's because I am Magneto. Yeah, he's Magneto and he can't help it. Or Magneto's just here and he's like waiting for me to come to bed. And he's like, hello, what are you doing? Yeah. That's a good point. Anyway, we obviously are using the Patreon money wisely. We're trying to keep Ryan's equipment up to date and mine for that matter. And yours. Hosting fees, etc. All of it is so, so appreciated for those of you who can afford to support the show. We know that not everyone can afford it during this time. So we're very grateful to those who can. But if you can't support the show something you can do instead of that is write a review, write a, write a review on Apple podcasts, leave a comment on SoundCloud, leave a rating on Facebook, all those, all those ways increase the visibility of the show, or you can just share it on your own personal social media and be like, Hey, I've been checking out this X-Men show 
couple of nerds watch X-Men, just horny queer nerds, and they just <laughs> they just won't I shut mean, up about I their fan fictions. I wish we could fictions. just make that the subtitle on our iTunes without like being like banned. Yeah, just a couple of horny homos over here watching X-Men, talking about Logan's dick. Our favorite. Yeah, so I, you I know. I mean, who doesn't want to talk about that? We also talk about the queer subtext or whatever and get all analytical. So there's some reasons why you could recommend the show and not sound completely bonkers. Um, but we leave that up to you. That's up to you as to how you want yeah, to describe the show. Um, but I think that's it. I think that's all the plugs. It is. It is. Hey. Thank you for listening to this episode. We will be resuming next week with Spike, or is it Speed and Spike, I think, with X-Men Evolution, yeah. where we're going to be introduced to both Quicksilver and the made-up character Spike. But until then, I will be sitting here getting my clothes off for Wolverine because I think he's going to be over soon yeah. for a trio threesome between Magneto, Wolverine, and myself because Magneto can like kind of manipulate Wolverine he's into yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Magneto really owes you some sweet, sweet loving since he's apparently breaking your computer by just sitting in your bedroom right now. So <laughs> I definitely yeah, think right. that you should be logging off and giving him a little talking to because come yeah. on, Eric, like get it together over there what oh my god what if logan is in there and they're just having sex together without me i gotta go uh, okay see you next see time, you next time. <laughs> oh my god